wonder how many people's uh, mouths have been on this mic. So, from the Netflix studio at Podex in downtown Nashville, it is football and other F-words. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski, and I am joined by Zebo. What do you think of the uh, Podex convention so far? Well, I have to say, we've learned a whole lot, and we got some exciting things planned, and we are going to be uh, putting some big things together. So, July 1st is going to be a big day. It's a new era of podcasting for the F-words pod guys, starting July 1st. So I want to I want to give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Netflix here. They have got a it looks like a two booth set up here at PodX to where you can come in and uh, record your podcast, which actually works out well for us because we've been here uh, for the last three days and haven't had a lot of time to record. So this is a, a great little setup for us to be able to get in front of a mic. We want to go into three topics today. We're going to start with Matt LaFleur and tearing his ACL at what? A softball game or something? No, crap? he was playing basketball. Like, you're, I get it that you're young, but I mean, at a certain age, I'm 33. You're not going to get me out there playing basketball. I tried playing uh, flag football late in the, in my late 20s and I broke a finger. So I think I'm done with uh, any kind of sports activities besides maybe swimming and drinking and floating in the river. Is there is there anything <laughs> deeper to read into this other than just something to laugh at? Well, I, probably not, but do you think that it's kind of like appropriate that Matt LaFleur, you know, uh, we had all these injuries last year and then he leaves and he starts and he gets an injury. Is he the problem? <laughs> he could be the problem, but just think, okay, let me, I am going to absolutely take it a step further because I want to be that annoying person on the, in front of the microphone today. Think about, just add the little nuance in there of the rehab and now he's going to have to be on the sidelines in a boot. Does that throw your game off a little bit? You, you would have to because, I mean, unless he is going to get like put on a, um, put on some wheels or something and someone's going to like just drag him around on a dolly up and down the sidelines. It's going to be really, unless maybe he's going to be in the booth, but can you be a head coach up in the booth? I don't think I've ever, I don't remember ever seeing a head coach in the booth. (laughs) It's uh, so I, I am kind of, there is a little part of me that thinks, man, as a head coach, you have to be pissed off at yourself that now you've got to throw a rehab schedule into what is already a jam-packed coaching schedule throughout the summer and then leading into camp and then obviously preseason opening. Well, I guess, I mean, you, you got to think he's got the on-site medical staff at Green Bay. So it's not like he has to go outside for the rehab. I guess. Right. right? I mean, when you of think course. that that helps, I guess they, that he could stay in there. No, certainly. And I, I'm but, but, but he still is over and his I, head a first time. Hey, he was over his head as an offensive coordinator. Now he's going to be a, a head coach with a torn ACL. He's definitely in over his head. And I'm tra- and I am trying to read into it too far because what, where I want to take this conversation next past the LaFleur injury is in all seriousness, where do you see LaFleur in, in three years? Like if you just, I don't to- think he's in green Bay. I, I think he's gone. I, I I really don't have, I don't know. Maybe he's the anti-Norv Turner and the anti-Wade Phillips where he's a horrible offensive coordinator, a horrible coordinator, and he's a great head coach. But don't you think that given his propensity, he's got Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator who we saw in Jacksonville. So this offense is kind of not set up to win. The defense is okay. You have Aaron Rodgers, but you have Aaron Rodgers and the same 
surroundings that he had last year. Nothing really improved on offense. What is Matt LaFleur going to do that Mike McCarthy couldn't, who has numerous years of coaching experience more so than Matt LaFleur? And you've got the wild card of, oh my God, now I just suddenly blanked on the quarterback's name. Aaron Rodgers. You said it, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Now you've got the dynamic of Rodgers, who seems like at any given time could throw LaFleur under the bus, and that could start the beginning of the end. I mean, I would think that at some point, LaFleur and Rodgers are going to have to have problems. And I think you said softball because I think there was a clip of him at a softball game with his boot on. That, okay, and, and that's someone, what it was. And someone responded, uh, is Aaron Nagler, who is a, uh, I guess, the Packers beat writer or something. And they're all commending LaFleur for winning over the locker room for going to this softball game. It's a softball game. <laughs> Let, let's see how he wins the locker room if they're, they start off 0-3. Let's let's see right. how he handles it then. Right. Because if he's 0 and 3 and mishandling the running back situation like he mishandled the running back situation here, then they're going to be in deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> that and I think obviously I think it's going to go the way a lot of coaches go. The first year is going to be rather you're not going to hear a lot of criticism, but if the but if the Packers come off of let's say God forbid they have a losing season or even if they just break even, I think Green Bay fans are going to start getting upset. I, I'm with you. I don't think Lafleur. I think in three years he's on the hot seat, if not like already being fired. And, and let's let's talk about the Packers schedule real quick. Um, there we're looking at it right here. Of course, they have the Bears that play twice. Sure. Which the Bears, you would assume. You got people got are really questioning Mitch Trubisky. And I, I really don't get it when it comes to the to it because he had a great he. He had a good season last year. You got to remember, he only started 15 games in college, and they got thrusted into a John Fox offense in his rookie year, and then switched coordinators, and still was able to maintain a high level of NFL quarterback competency. You sure there was still some growing pains and accuracy issues, but you still got to play the Bears that defense, and that offense is only going to get better with another year of Matt Nagy as the offensive coordinator. You got the Vikings. You got to play twice a year. And the Lions, they've improved, but they're still the Lions, so you never know what you're going to get with them. But then you also, they're playing the Cowboys, they have the Eagles, the Panthers, the 49ers, the, um, and I mean, an imp- kind of improved Broncos team. I mean, they, they got a pretty tough schedule. This is not going to be used to Green Bay was kind of like the Patriots of the NFC North. They could just roll through anybody, and you always knew that they were going to be number one in the NFC North, right? Yeah, so... This year, they could be still finished third place. Yeah, no, I think so. So, what, what basically what we're saying, 2021 season, Matt LaFleur, your next uh, offensive coordinator free agent. Yeah. Where? Okay, so let's get away from Matt LaFleur because he tore his ACL, and that's completely idiotic. Let's move on to where I want to take the three-year topic really is with the titans because i was thinking about this last night and i thought it's kind of an interesting conversation to have i don't like to have too many hypothetical discussions because they really kind of get on my nerves one of the ones we were joking around about in our group the other day was um something along the lines of which titans play in their prime would you like to bring back that's fun and and i like discussing that just among a group of friends but I think it starts to get a little silly once you've had that conversation for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Because ultimately, what are you really talking about, right? You're talking about hypotheticals that are never going to actually happen. However, this prediction, I think, is kind of interesting because the Titans are at a, at a critical kind of, they're right on the precipice of 
this team either breaking great or if Mariota doesn't have a good season, possibly breaking bad or definitely going into a, a, a questionable era of what do the Titans do about the quarterback position? So my question is where you see the Titans in three years at this point in three years, what kind of successes have they had? And the first part of that topic I want to start with is Mariota in three years is Marcus Mariota, the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. I've been called a Marcus detractor and I'm not really a detractor as I am a realist. And I really think that, um, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against my I guess my uh, reputation. I think Marcus is gonna stick around, okay. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, I think he's gonna be healthy. I think the offense got better. I think that if anything, he's gonna have an above average year or at least an average year. And when I say average, I think. 3,500 pass yards, 20-something touchdowns, single-digit interceptions with a high completion percentage, which in this offense, we don't know what it is. That's enough to pay Marcus another year. If he plays, I would have to, I'd have to at least see him play 15 games. Like, he can maybe miss one, but I, I'm giving him a short leash, leash on that, but I think he's going to play all 16 games this year. Okay, so I'm going to agree with you because of this reason. I my gut reaction was to think that he's not going to be here because I am stuck in the very typical mentality of a very typical Titans fan of the Titans have this reoccurring rolling roller coaster kind of curse to them every time in the at least in the last decade when things seem well really ever since McNair and and only Kerry Collins was I think the only I mean reliable quarterback you had and he was only reliable for one season. Right. But <laughs> but in the interest of being positive, we've had a positive last few days here at Podex and the yeah. Netflix studio. Got to drop that again for him. But in the interest of being positive, I do see this breaking good for Mariota and the Titans. I really I think Mariota gets it done this season. I think the health issues do not reoccur. And I think he, I don't think he has an outstanding season, but I think he has a healthy season with healthy stats and it's enough to get him a contract to build on to taking the team to the next level which is where I want to roll this since you and I both agree that Mariota is going to be with the team still be with the team in three years in three years has this team won the AFC South yes and I I am going to go out and and I'm I'm very close I'm still waiting for training camp I'm very close to declaring them AFC South champions this year. Okay, so let me let me. Take but I, I definitely think that they've that this year. I'm already on the fence, despite of what happens at training camp. Even if something catastrophic happens, like Marcus goes down, Tannehill goes down, and we're stuck with Logan Woodside, I have a feeling that this team, after the draft and after the Colts talking all that shit, they're going to at least beat the Colts once this year. Okay, so starting with the Colts. Starting with the Titans' record against the Colts, three years from now, are we zero and three, three and one? You know what? What are we against? Uh, what are we against the Colts? I, I think it's. I think it's going to be so three years. That's six games. I think it's going to be. I think we'll be four and two. No, no, no. Let, let me. The Colts will be four and two. I okay. think we'll only have won two games against the Colts, and I think it will be over the next two years or. I could see us possibly going three and three, best case scenario. You know, kind of like what we did with the Jaguars, where for the longest time, it seemed like every time we beat the Jaguars, they were going to win the next one and vice versa up until, right. I guess, 2016 when, when we started our sweeping. So I, I kind of feel like it could be three and three, but it is Andrew Luck and, yes. and you got to, and it's Frank Reich. 
So I definitely think that we're the Colts will end up four and two, three and three at the best. I could see, yeah, I would have to, I think, agree with three and three. I want to be the optimist and say that the the, the Titans are going to be four and two, but who are we kidding? I mean, as much as I want to hate on Andrew Luck, I mean, he is the real deal. And the Colts always just seem to damn get it done. Let's move on to the Jaguars. What is the Titans record against the Jaguars over the next three years? Uh, we'll be, we will be uh, five and one. I think they'll win one at some point, but I, I don't know when that's going to be. I, I'm hoping that it's maybe the, the third year. And it's the like a meaningless game because we've already secured the playoffs. And then they because I could see the Jaguars just going, oh, you didn't sweep you, even though we set like all of our starters or something. <laughs> I could see it going this way. Five and two tight in favor of Titans. But the Titans have two heartbreakers against the Jags. Like I'll even make it specific. Jags beat Titans in the last meetup of the season. Something to like keep them out of the you know something along the lines that screws up their playoff track or whatever it is and then the following season the opening game against jacksonville titans dump it again just yeah. to add on but then the titans end up building off that season i don't think the titans are going to end up giving up their winning streak against the jags at all I, as a matter of fact i think the uh the unbeaten streak is going to continue for at least a couple more games um last but not least the texans I think we'll be four and two against the Texans. I, I think that we kind of match up well with the Texans and I think with um, Simmons coming back, and especially this year with Simmons coming back towards the end of the year, and we play them twice, which he should be available for both of those. Um, I think that it will, I think we'll be four and two against them over the next three years with them getting a couple games here and there. So, have the Titans won the AFC championship game in the next three years? So, that would mean they would go to the Super Bowl. Um, Correct. I would think your best case scenario for them going to the Super Bowl is going to be in year two or year three. If Mar- if I if everything plays out like I think it will, I could see year three being the time that we go to the Super Bowl. It's- so, so that would be uh, the start of the uh, 2019, 2020, 2021 season, technically. I... <laughs> God, the optimist me wants to think that, yes, but I think it's further out than that. Yeah, I, I think year three is possibly the year that they go. If they do, I see the Titans winning the South. I don't know that they get it done in the AFC because I just think that you've got a couple of players coming up in the AFC. I do truly believe the Browns are going to be a problem. Yeah, I, that. But then I also think, OK, in three years, Brady surely isn't playing at the same level, right? I feel like we've been saying I know, that shit every but, year, But right? I mean, surely he's not. And then you got <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger has been teetering for the net for on retirement, so he could be gone or down. And then you got Philip Rivers gone or down. There's a lot of variables of the big current powerhouses. No, that's, so that's... We, we have a chance to be the next powerhouse with the Colts, with the Browns, to be the next generation of AFC powerhouses. So uh, let's just come out and say it. Do the Titans hold a Super Bowl trophy after the, after the end of the third season from now? No. I don't no, think so. No, I, I, I mean, don't think so either. I mean, if I'm a betting person, no. But could it happen? Yeah. I mean, anybody who gets into playoffs can, as we've and, seen the Giants do it twice now, can go and win the Super Bowl and get hot. Do I have faith that we are that going to be that team? We could be. I hope so. But realistically, no, we're not holding the Super Bowl. No Lombardi. I I agree there. And again, this is where hypotheticals start to lose me because I think, you know, once you start playing the guessing game, 
If I was a betting man, like you said, no, they are not. The optimist in me, yeah, absolutely. We're going to have three of those bitches in three yeah. years from now or not. Well, so. technically, if I was a betting man, I would probably bet that they would because the odds are going to be really well, high. No, so maybe is, so maybe that's, that's a, a bad, you know, that, that's a bad phrase because if you're a betting man, you could bet $10 on 101 odds. What What is $10 if you're a betting man? Right, right. So speaking of terrible betting odds, Anthony Joshua last night lost. <laughs> oh my God. To Ruiz. And Ruiz was what, a negative or a underdog by 1500 or something? Yes, something along those lines. And naturally, this morning, someone dug up an old tweet of uh, Anthony Joshua with a picture with him with Drake that says, what does it say? I'm breaking the curse. It's yeah. something very close to the. He goes lines. about to break the curse, and he has an owl. I don't know. Don't get the owl emoji. Okay, so I don't, I'm not sure. I know Keith, that one. Keith, uh, Internet Keith had to explain this to me a few nights ago because I was going on a on a Drake tear, and that's where we're going with this, folks. Drake has a company called OVO, and the, if you can visualize the OVO, the two O's, the V is the nose. It's supposed to be makes it an owl. It's. I personally think it's completely idiotic, but. That is going to roll into what I think the bigger idiot is here is Drake and the Drake curse. Is the Drake curse real? It is totally real. I'm an Alabama fan. I'm a victim of the Drake curse. (laughs) I mean, this year, when when I saw him put out the tweet with him in an Alabama shirt, I looked at Lauren. I go, it's over. I said, Alabama's not going to win the national championship. She goes, how do you know? I said, because Drake's rooting for us for whatever fucking reason. He decided that he was going to root for us. And we lost. And it's it's a it's a proven fact. Even uh one of the Williams sisters, um Serena. Serena, she she's she's a part of the curse. I mean, he's sitting there rooting for her in the background. You got the Crimson Tide boxing now, UFC with Conor McGregor. Right. Uh you have college basketball. Kentucky. Yeah. You have and the an- infamous the infamous airball warm up yeah. like three pointer he tries to shoot and apparently he's backed both Andrew Wiggins and Johnny Manziel so that yep. that's he, not great he oh he gave Johnny Manziel the old shoulder rub like he gave the uh, the head coach of uh, Toronto right and then uh, the 2016 NBA Finals he bet that uh, the Golden State Warriors would win 60k and that was going to be a lot. And uh, then the Cleveland Cavaliers won their first championship because he bet 60K. And let's, you know, don't forget his home team, the Toronto Raptors. He's done Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I mean, I don't can't think of a sport that his curse hasn't even touched because he's even cursed the NFL. He's cursed soccer. Sergio Aguero missed a penalty kick in the champions. Oh, Arsenal, Man City. (laughs) uh, And then there was a third one. There's no loyalty. No, this is. This is much worse than the Madden curse, much worse than the Madden curse, because there is so there's absolute proof that it seems like every I tell you what will absolutely solidify this. If the Warriors drop Toronto, that's that will absolutely solidify in the in the minds of people. Well, uh, in on January 10th, 2019, the uh, Dane Moore of NBA said that Andrew Wiggins picked the music to play today's Wolves practice all Drake. Wiggins said it was the first practice probably since college that he has had music play at any practice. Timberwolves caught wind of this, their t- official Twitter account. We love you, Drake, but please refrain from wearing any Wolves gear in public. We don't need that curse. So I, I want to touch on something because this set off in our group the other night. And it, yeah, I was accused of being a Drake hater, and I just want to say that I absolutely am. Yeah. I, I, What's me, wrong with being a Drake hater if, let, if you have me, good yeah. reason for it? Let me, let me just break it down real quick before we end the show. Drake 
is the the male persona that I cannot stand, which is the fake tough guy. I, I, everyone knows and has had someone in their group that has had a combination of one of the two things, quite a bit of money, and they're a shit talker in the bar and they get you involved in a fight. And the second someone breaks a beer bottle over your face, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah, that is Drake. Drake is absolutely the fake tough guy. And he's, he's just the model persona of what I find wrong with uh, with the younger generation with mumble rap and just this lazy tough guy persona crap i i cannot stand that with drake don't give me this crap about him being a universal ambassador for his team he's an asshat he's the worst person you would want to sit next to at a game and talk about universal ambassador for the team uh i don't remember the guy's name but there is uh someone of middle eastern descent that's been to every raptors yes. home game since their inception and that's an ambassador for, I mean, he's worked himself. He sits up. right on the goal. Yeah. He's been there. Yeah, absolutely. He worked himself up and as he's like the story of the American dream and, but he's Canadian. So the Canadian dream, if they even, you know, have dreams up there in Canada or whatever. Uh, and he's achieved this where he's been able to go to, every, that's, that's an ambassador. That's an ambassador. And real quick, people are going to say, well, he's never touched the NFL. Well, there's the picture where he's trolling in quotation marks. Uh, and put all four championship teams on it on a shirt. Three of those four teams lost. The Patriots, you can't curse, right? You can't curse the Patriots. <laughs> but let's remember how they lost. The Saints lost because of that horrible no call. Right. The Chiefs lost because of that horrible overtime rule, depending on your stance on that. Right. And the uh, phantom grazing of the Tom Brady helmet by D Ford. <laughs> and then the Rams inexplicably had one of the worst games of the entire Sean McVay uh tenure in the Super Bowl. So let's let, let's let's settle down saying that he's not cursed that this redeemed him. Three of those four teams lost the Super or or went home losers. Uh, to put a cap on this subject, Drake sucks and football and other F words is not ever going to endorse it. No, never. Because no. Mike's anti uh Drake too, to yeah, my absolutely. knowledge. He absolutely is. Keith is this is an absolute one hundred percent pro Drake hate podcast. Yeah. You're just going to have to get over it. Well, listen, that's going to do it for us at the uh, Netflix studio at PodX. We have got a couple more uh, seminars to attend and uh, we're going to have a good Sunday here. Subscribe to our newsletter at fwordspodcast.com and scroll to yes. the bottom. I've in fact, I put out a tweet today and we had Brandon Slocum. He actually has already, since I put the tweet out, subscribed and that's where all of the news regarding July 1st is going to come from. And that's where all of our news mainly is going to be sent out in the newsletter format so please subscribe to the newsletter folks we do have a lot of good stuff coming we really do we're excited to share it with you so bear with us for a few weeks we're going to share it with you and again thank you for joining us